You You are are now now listening listening to to Clothes on Sunday, a UCYM podcast. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to Clothes on Sunday. How's everyone doing? We're back again. I'm good. (laughs) On Sunday, the door is in fact closed. It's pretty warm in here. Yeah, it's just kind of warm in here. I'm gonna lie. It's a little toasty, a little tired, but we're good. Today's topic is image of God. So we are talking today about how we see God. What is God's gender? What is God's race? Or does it even matter? We're going to get into those topics today, so stick around. Amago Dei, which means image of God in Latin, is a theological term. And it means um, how humans were created in the image and likeness of God. So this doesn't mean that literally humans are God. Obviously, we don't have the same superpowers. But it does mean that we have, to an extent, the same morals, intellect, and spirituality as God. In fact, it is what distinguishes us from other creatures, such as animals. That's the reason for why humans are not animals. Well, technically we are, but not like, you know, like a ladybug. We got brains. Yeah. I'm like, what's the theological implication of like ladybugs? Do they have souls? Do they have souls? Do ladybugs have souls? Do bugs have souls? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I think it's an interesting topic, um, the image of God, because... Uh, oftentimes, and we even talked about this a little bit in the other podcast, um, but different versions of co-opting, you know, the image of Jesus and the image yeah. of God, uh, particularly that of uh, a white dude with a beard and a the cloud. white Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The white Jesus and following that, the white God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just like that image has been like used for so much harm. So. When we talk about like uh, spiritual liberation and talking about how you could, you know, interpret and have this spiritual like imagination, um, how do you like define God? How do you see God? And how do you experience God? So that's kind of like what we're going to be talking about today. Um, And it's all really cool. I don't know. That's my little spiel. But Vanessa, if you want to take away with more facts. Yeah, of course. Uh, Before we get to a couple more facts, I think we should get to a little bit more personal thing or just like opinions from our members here. So maybe we can just go around saying, like, how, how did we grow up seeing God? Like, do we always see him as white personally, or is it just irrelevant to us personally? Um, okay, sure, I'll go first. All heads turn to me, so. Yeah. Um, I think growing up, I always saw God kind of as like a, a male figure, just cause I, um, uh, earlier when I was a child, that's kind of what the, society kind of saw God as like either a white or like semi-tan kind of like older man right um so then growing up that's most of what I saw until I got into like high school or like middle school late middle school um that's when a lot of more like um communities were accepted like LGBTQ and like uh plus and like everything else um and then after that, that's kind of like when I first started seeing changes in uh, how we saw God. So um, late in in high school and starting college, I saw God more as a um, female figure or even one that is like ambiguous. Uh, there's been a lot of other individuals who've been prompted to identify themselves with this God and then this happening uh, created new images of them because they change how God looks or how they perceive um, his message or anything else. So before it was just like um, a male figure, but now I, I'm able to just identify almost anywhere 
uh, that is it's presented in. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I definitely grew up with like uh, probably confirmation. I'd get like these presents, right? And like even um, what's what's that other sacrament that we have to do that's important? Communion. There you go. Yeah, first communion. That's kind of important. <laughs> it's kind of just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, well, like for first communion, I got this like little storybook and it had like God as like, it was like kind of like, like Western chibi anime type style, <laughs> uh, with like the big eyes and cute little faces, but like everyone was blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, including God. <clears throat> um, and I was just like, you know, like watching the Simpsons, they'd have like jokes and stuff of like God up in heaven, um, like the white dude with the long hair. And I was just like, Wow. That's funny. Um, so that's kind of like the image that I stuck to because it's kind of like the Western Catholic um, Eurocentric kind of perspective on it. But I think, um, you know, after some like retreats, uh, shout out to Kairos, just personal exploration, learning and stuff like that, I saw God as like more gender fluid. So what I try to push myself as now is just like use they them pronouns for God, if that makes sense. Because uh, God isn't like everything. Um, so I think that encompasses any type of gender, race, ethnicity, whatever. Yeah, well, God, uh, obviously, being Catholic, uh, there's always that, you know, white dude with a beard, almost like buff Santa. <laughs> um, yeah, because for some reason, God is always buff, too. Like, I don't... <laughs> you talk about body images, too, right? yeah, Exactly, yeah. He body standards, you know? Yeah. But yeah, God was always this white dude in the cloud. Um, I mean, before I was actually religious, I just didn't think about God. Um, but when I did, when I was introduced to it, I was like, why is this dude white? And uh, the more I thought about it, I was just like, well, I don't think God can have an image. Because, like, if, if we're all created in God's image, then, like, God either looks real scary <laughs> or it's just an entity that we can embrace and accept. And so I, I started just saying things like, like, God self, God, like, God this, God that, and stop gendering it or putting a race and creed to him i agree um especially growing up in the united states you can't avoid the western archetype of god yeah. as long as as much as you would like to escape <laughs> because seeing movies seeing books going to church going, stepping inside of the temple you're going to see a white god and I mean, I agree, I'm trying to step away from that and I personally do not want to hold that kind of archetype for God, at least for the one that I want to believe in. And I know that just having a specific image of God is what's gonna um, empower you in many ways, racially or politically, anything. Yeah, and I think that um, having a specific image is what a lot of people um, take, or just like don't take for granted ever. I think it's also, um, I don't want to like bash the image of a white God because like, it's interesting because like, I think that there's a lot of power to that, um, but there's a lot of 
uh, I mean, we could talk historically about it and how it was used as a form of oppression like we did in the last Justification of slavery. Justification of <laughs> yeah. slavery, exactly. Yeah. But I think that uh, when you talk about uh, God as an image, it has to, like, we are created in God's image. Um, so everybody is created in God's image. And so God is kind of like everything and nothing at the same time. And so I think that in that sense, it's important to have this sense of like cultural um, adaptation of God into what is relevant to your perspective, um, your life, your community. Because nothing exists in a vacuum, so God is used as a political image, um, and God is used as all these different things. Um, and I think that whether it's uh, an image of a black God as a liberator, or um, the image of like the most vanilla <laughs> God ever, um, they both serve their roles in that sense. Um, I think that's important to note that there's a history um, and there's a danger to only thinking of God as like a white dude with a beard and buff Santa, like you said, Jeff. Um, and we have to recognize that um, and note it. But at the same time, if you want to talk about Catholicism, like Catholicism in and of itself is universal. That's the direct transition of it. So if you want to talk about God, God in and of itself, their image has to be universal. Yeah. And I mean, we can also take a second to to talk about how hard it is to step away from that you like the notion that god is this white dude because simply of how often it comes up like when someone asks you about god that's almost the first thing that comes to mind and you have to catch yourself and be like wait no this is how i think of god right and stepping back from that and like yeah, i even catch myself when someone asks me about god i'm like oh he him him this this that and then i have to like reel myself back and be like no god is god right um, but yeah, it's like how hard and, and incredibly hard really it is for people to step away from that because that's just everywhere. I don't think it's hard. I just think it's people realizing that they just have to stop being comfortable. Yeah. I like that. I really like that. Cause like a lot of it, like that, that's cool. I, I think that you touched a really cool point is just it being comfortable. Um, and I think that a lot of times in life, like the most rewarding things come out of a lot of discomfort. Um, and even when you want to talk about like uncomfortable conversations that like lead to positive things, like one of the biggest things, like talking about racism, uh, is very uncomfortable for a lot of different people, but it's a necessary conversation. And I think that having that discomfort, um, and getting out of this kind of like, I don't want to say default, but what you're told, um, and what is co-opted getting out of that and embracing the uncomfortable aspect of God being yeah. embracing this different level of humanity because like life is very ugly and very uncomfortable and there's going to be a lot of stuff that you have to confront and I think that when you talk about your spirituality in order to free yourself um, of this cookie cutter standard of God you need to just get uncomfortable you need to like sit with it and realize just like how kind of fucked up it is to have God co-opted in this image and in this way um, to cause like so much pain and all this stuff. You really have to confront that for yourself. So I don't know. I really like what you said about that, Vanessa. I'd like to bring up a quote maybe, um, and then we can have people around here saying what they think about it. 
So Eric C. Lincoln is an Afri or was an African-American scholar and author of several, several works such as The Black Church since Fraser. Um, he explains a quote, the color of God can only assume importance in which color played a major part in the, de in the determination of human capacity, human privilege, and human value. What does that mean to you guys? <coughs> Can I repeat it? Yeah. Uh, or you guys are good. Yeah, you should probably repeat it okay. one more time for the people. So, okay. the yeah. color of God can only assume importance in which the color played a major part in the, in the determination of human capacity, human privilege, and human value. Well, yeah. <laughs> race is a social construct. Race, <laughs> race is very much a thing. <laughs> um, but. God being used as different races, I mean, he's right. Uh, the white God was used to oppress. The black God was used to give a feeling of liberation and justice. Um, the, the brown God is used maybe as a symbol of hard working and labor. It's, it's, it's a bunch of different things that you can do by just changing the race of God and who that resonates with. So he's entirely right. He's entirely right. The, the, the color of God uh, only, is only important when it's playing a role in telling someone what they're worth. Yeah, I think it's interesting um, because it's kind of interrelational with just how we view race. Um, and like that's kind of a little bit of a different topic uh, that I could spiral down, but... I just want to touch on it briefly, but it's kind of like to what extent was race a thing before colonization? Like it was just those people over there that you trade with and then you bring colonization, you bring slavery, you bring imperialism into it. And then race was used as a form of like this almost like pseudoscience to like yeah. try to justify like you're a lesser being than me. And so in that relation, to God and the image of God and the race of God, it's like no longer like God is everything. It's like God is a white man. God is us. Yeah. So you have to listen to yeah. us because you're worth less. Yeah. And like yeah. literally, I was like, I think people use the the quote from like, uh, like the story of Noah. Um, it was just like talking about like dark skin, and like I don't know. It was this whole quote. I forgot the name of it. But they would use that like dark skin quote and justify it as being like hellish beings. So they literally were just like, we are God because we're white and you are the devil because you're black. But to the dark. same extent, quoting the Bible, if you want to quote the Bible, it's like when God was asked, who are you? God just said, I am. It's just I am. And this is two simple words, two simple words that perfectly encapsulate what we need to think about from God. God is, exists, it's there. Yeah, you can't put yeah. God into words. That's you it. can't categorize him. You can't just let him sit there and be like, it's like always changing. Yeah. But yes. just, just us as humans, that we need a concept of something, we need to be able to see it, to have a firm grasp on our belief of it. Um, but then to that, I say, you know, the people that say they don't see God, the people that uh, say like, well, how can you have a God and not know what it is? Well, you see it every day, really, at least for me. Like if, if you look up in like the beauty of the sunny sky or like the feeling of the rain on your skin or like, like butterflies floating off somewhere, 
um, that is just like this is such a pure natural beauty to it that like, how could that not be God, you know? I agree. And like, it's such a human thing to always be curious about it. You never want to stop thinking. You always want to know what's coming or what was in the past. I mean, you can even bring in uh, philosophy into it. You know, Immanuel Kant, exactly he said that we are, we don't know what we don't know. We only know what we can know and what our minds can allow us to know. And we're always trying to apply concepts into our mm -hmm. intelligence. So if we don't have enough brain power, obviously we don't know what God looks like. We don't even know. The only thing that I know is I know nothing. <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that Kant yeah. reference. Yes, I can't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think humans are just just too curious sometimes. And you're like, they need to have like something to... I mean, there's definitely other things that they'll be like, yeah, I mean, we understand something that you can't see. But then they're like, oh, but it's like backed up with science and everything, right? Uh -huh. Or whatever. But like... I don't know. I think some things are just best left to just be like speculated, speculated or, or thought of or imaginated by whoever is reading, let's yeah. say, a text or the Bible or any other like holy scripture, right? Like sometimes it's just nice to have a blank, maybe even just if you think of God, just have a blank face. Like there is just whatever you might think is there. Maybe one day it changes, but like I think it's yeah. just better, in my opinion, that way than trying to force yeah. a face onto something. It's like the mystery of faith. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah why do we believe? <laughs> yeah. uh, then, oh, science too. Yeah. Like yeah. science, uh, the, oh, the one thing I know about science, and like I'm an engineer, so I've done a fair bit of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel uh, like, <clears throat> I feel like I'm, personally, like I'd, I'd be down to like listen to either side, right? Or whatever, yeah. like listen to what you gotta say. And then just formulate my own things, but I know there's definitely people out there that are yeah. like, like hard on science or like hard on religion. I mean, I definitely know that the, the more I learn about science, the more it strengthens my belief that there has to be a higher being. Really? Because really? Huh. The, the, when you look at it and when you learn about it on this really, 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 really deep level uh -huh. and the things that science can explain the only thing that comes from the explanation is even more questions. Yeah. Yep. And what is the point at which we can say that we truly know how everything works? Because that's also just the way we're looking at it. It's, oh, yeah. it's one-sided point of view. How and, are the aliens yeah, looking at it? Like? Yeah, and adding to that, I feel like this all is always going to go back to, like, even, I guess you could even say, like, if you're trying to prove something, you'll even go to science, right? Let's say... Uh, whatever science thing you're trying to explain, like before it was just a thought, you're like, that's crazy, that could never happen. Yeah. That's like, I can't imagine that. What if that's like, was like religion now? Like if you, if it's like true that there's this higher being, right? Like eventually, let's say like a hundred years, they're gonna be like, We're, we know exactly who this, this higher being is. Yeah. But it probably was like science like a hundred yeah. years ago, but yeah. The thing is that science is supposed to be objective and not subjective, yeah, but I feel like how are you gonna be objective if you're a human? I mean, the, yeah. of course, there's like data. Like, like, yeah, you like, do it. What is math? Who decided that <laughs> one has value? Like, yeah. come on. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I was going to say, um, yeah, I really like listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Because uh, he's just talking about like, like, you talk about quantum mechanics, you go down to the smallest detail. Yeah. And like, you, you talk about quantum mechanics and everything gets wrecked. Mm. Like everything we know about the universe is just irrelevant. Because like you talk, you open up this infinite world of possibilities where like, 
there could be multiple dimensions. You could mm-hmm. warp through time. There's, there's all these different things that are like mathematically, technically possible. Yeah. It's technically possible it's, to like phase through into another universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's wild because there's that. And you, you look at the universe as it expands, right? What is it expanding into? It has, there has to yeah. be nothing for it to expand into. Yeah. But somehow that nothing is also everything. Mm-hmm. So like, you just think about that. And I, I take a second, like, mm. every time I listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson, I'm just like, yeah, no, like, I get more inspired because I just realize how massive yeah. God is. Yeah. I, uh, I, you can go ahead. My bad, my bad. I feel like even <laughs> I feel like even with religion sometimes I feel like we use it to just like not like I don't know, this might sound off yeah 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 I feel like justify try and find a, a reasoning to explain everything because like I know there's definitely some people that are like all right like I don't really like all this like data and all this other stuff right whatever yeah. it may be so then you use, I guess, religion to be like, hey, like, this is nice. I, I understand this. Like, this is easier to grasp yeah. than, than that. But yeah, definitely um, when thinking of of these, like like you mentioned, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, when you, you, you listen to him talk, it just kind of, even just listening to you explain yeah. it hurt my head. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like crazy. <laughs> like, there's all these possibilities, like you mentioned, like you could phase or whatever. And then, but like, it just never happens. You're like, yeah. okay, but... It's, how how like exactly. it's mathematically possible yeah yeah but, and the but, thing is like we know that it's possible and that's what it's exciting but like you just when are we gonna get yeah there? it's just yeah. the anticipation is too much. Yeah. oh my god that and the correlation between all of these like high-level physicists and mathematicians and stuff a good majority of them believe that there's a god somewhere somehow or something else that has to be influencing this because if like why does it happen why does everything exist literally because we can we can explain how things work as much as we want why they work that way that's a completely different question so i kind of want to like move a little bit forward i know Mm -hmm. vanessa you got your notes but i just have like a quick follow-up question um so there's kind of like we talked about like god right and like how it could technically like be anything but like and we, we even talked about how like we grew into our own ideas of god but like what about what's the theological implication in christianity for other religions like how do you explain the the context of like buddhism or hinduism or like islam or any other kind of religion in the world under the like theological way of like Christianity. Do you want me to say it? Yeah. Oh damn. Okay. No, that's yeah. what I had previously said. Well, like, if you want to speak theology, speak yeah. theology. Yeah. So like, I was previously saying, all right, there's this theological term called amago dei. I don't know if I'm like mispronouncing that, but it means image of God. So humans are created in the image and likeness of God. Uh, humans are not God but they were created to have the same morals, intellect, and spirituality as God. The fact that God bestowed some special honor to us humans and not the rest of creation is what, dis- is, is what, distinguish us, dis- is what distinguishes us as human beings, for we are not like other animals. And the thing is that God can technically manifest through humans as humans are an expression of God. 
I mean, humans are like God in the way that they can use their abilities and distinguish, uh, and can obviously be distinguished from other creatures. Um, so basically, they're just like rational creatures. I mean, you know, a turtle is not going to be able to understand the same mathematical formula you can do. Um, and we're, we are able at some point, if lucky enough, to be uh, self-actualized and uh, self-transcend, um, I guess. Yeah. The part of self-actualized and self-transcendent yep. kind of reminds me of like Nirvana. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the process of like, you know, developing Enlightening yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then going through the phases of like, you know, um, what was it? Uh, samsara. It's the cycle of samsara that you go through over and over and over again until you eventually achieve Until you do. Yeah, like, uh, you live life over yeah. and over and over again until you learn how to be. Exactly. And transcendent. Yeah, and and transcendent. Until you can feel that it deep in your soul yeah. and reach nirvana. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of like in. <clears throat> In Catholicism, it's like, to uh, dust we come, to dust we shall return. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea of, like, we come from the essence of the universe, and we come from the essence of God. And I think that the process of fully becoming transcendent, not necessarily, you know, even if it's not within the same boundaries as Buddhism mm -hmm. with samsara, but with, you know, living a good life, going through the sacraments, and, you know, trying to do your thing... I feel like there's a lot of parallels in the way that, you know, uh, like Jesus teaches us um, the, and the way that Jesus interacted with God. Because I, I think that like, you know, like Buddha in some way interacted with God, but yeah. came out with a different interpretation. And there's like this fundamental essence of the universe that I think is God and that I think that drives mm -hmm. people to interpret it and sense it in a different way. Yeah. And so I think that even though like, you know, there's still that parallels in meditation prayer um and self-enlightenment and even when you talk about you know nirvana is just becoming one with god and returning to the essence from which you came which is that dust that we talk about in catholicism and yeah. christianity and i mean it's not just christianity and catholicism like the three abrahamic religions islam christianity yeah. and judaism that we all believe in the same god because yeah. it all comes from the same origin yeah the same branch mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, but then there's also there's Buddhism there's there I don't think there's like a clear God in Buddhism I don't think they acknowledge a God I don't it's, no. it's about it's, it's yeah. more centered on the self yeah um, it's like you are yeah it's more of like unlocking your inner God yeah, yeah. and then there's Hinduism with stuff like like Vishnu Shiva Ganesh, yeah. and yeah all of that and like well oh if you want to talk about images of God Hinduism mm. that's because they're, 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 they're Hindu gods all have an image. They're all meant to represent something, and that something aligns with what they pray to the god for. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So I just like briefly Googled it because I want to make sure we don't get anything wrong or offend anyone. So yeah, Buddhism doesn't acknowledge a supreme god or deity. Mm -hmm. They are going to instead focus, like Joel had said, focusing on achieving enlightenment, which makes sense it's an yeah. inner peace and wisdom yeah 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 so there's there's a lot of examples of like the image of god or, or multiple gods even at that um but the concept is the same it's a, it's a being that holds higher power over some aspect of life yeah 
And that's why I say when like when people say, well, what's God? Why can't it be like a person? Well, you see it every day, literally just in the happenings of life. Yeah. And like, I know you mentioned like even just in nature, but even with people, like you'll get uh, just random acts that happen. You're like, oh, wow, this like either like put a smile on my face or like, wow, this helped me kind of get out of a rut or whatever. Like if someone like helps you on the side of the road or having a bad day they'll be like hey here like have a cookie yeah. or something i'm not sure yeah. you know what, whatever it may be um so but yeah there's definitely like to pin the image of god with just one like for of all things for like colorless skin like it's just really it's irrelevant, it's irrelevant. Yeah. for what for what essentially god is it's it's the smallest thing yeah well it makes it makes sense because we were literally created in likeness of god so we have the mental emotional ability to act like him to an extent Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because yeah yeah, yeah. you got it on the head yep and there's even like examples where like jesus in the bible uh tells us that where we can find god in humans from matthew 25 35 it says for i was hungry and you gave me something to eat i was thirsty and you gave me something to drink I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. So even Jesus, technically God, mm-hmm. can see morality in, that God has in humans. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jesus isn't technically God. Jesus is God. He's the Son yes. of God. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Because of the Holy Trinity. Yeah, the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. You, want to talk about, you want to talk about that next? Yeah. The Holy Trinity? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is what is what is God in Catholicism? Yeah, it's yeah. the Holy Trinity. As we talk about God in other religions, yeah. we even talk about in Catholicism. Yeah. Do I unravel that? Yeah, go for it. All you right. you got, got the notes. So yeah, yeah, I was like, like I might as well. <laughs> yeah, so we all we all know what the Holy Trinity is, or at least I hope so. Or you know, if you don't, it's fine. It's one of the most central principles in the Christian faith, and defined as the unity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit into one single Godhead. It's in our language that we use. An example can be the sign of the cross prayer. We recite these few words not only to affirm our belief in God, but also remind us how we got to meet him. Christians met God in three ways. Firstly, as the creator of the cosmos, the Lord that led us through a history of salvation and a righteous judge. This we see in the Old Testament. Secondly, as the Lord that incarnated Jesus Christ. And thirdly, through the Holy Spirit. So that was like the brief analysis of the holy i mean sorry holy trinity yes yeah the trinity gets so tricky uh i had a theology class uh, it was like the history of christianity through time and like we spent like three weeks talking about the trinity and i was just like i know but i have no idea like i i know but what the hell yeah It's a tricky thing to wrap your head around. Yeah. Because uh, it's like the essence, right? So like from what I understood from Vanessa, what you just shared, and then on top of that, from like things that I've learned with class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This little image. So for people who like, I mean, we're not filming this, so everyone's listening. Um, so it's that little triangle image of like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And like, there's like three different branches of it. So like, the son isn't the father and the father isn't the spirit it's it's like a fancy venn diagram it is (laughs) and then but some but like 
this, each individual branch is not the other, yeah. but each individual branch is God. Yeah. yeah, and then God is also these three. And so it's like, it's interesting because it's like, it's like the yin-yang, but three ways instead of one, yeah, two. It's, it's like what they say, each one is uniquely God. Yeah. 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 But like none of them are the same, essentially. But it, it's yeah. all the, yeah. the, the same part of the single God. Yeah. 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 So all connected, yeah. but confusing. Mm-hmm. So then in, in that way, how do we experience the Trinity? Because we've talked about how we experience God, but if we want to break it down even more, because like there's even like there's a technicality of it. Like when you're in church, and I think it's when the transfiguration happens. That's like the representation of like the Holy Spirit. Um, and, yeah, and so it's like I think the the Holy Spirit is, has at least been taught as something that's a little bit more interpersonal or related in the sense of like transformative. Transformative. Mm-hmm. So is that for like? the transfiguration the transubstantiation oh yeah yeah okay cool 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 but um yeah, yeah. there's a transubstantiation um happens during the whole eucharist uh, us as catholics we believe that uh the bread and wine that is presented literally becomes the body and blood like that is no longer bread and wine um it is the body and blood of christ and that happens through the prayer we recite and the Holy Spirit, you know, coming down and blessing us with the presence of this body and blood. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so like even, even with that understanding of like the Holy Spirit coming into the essence and like, I don't want to say it. It sounds kind of creepy, but in this weird way, possessing the food. <laughs> Does that make is, is, like is that okay I, I, to say? I understand it. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. Like the train of thought is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the same anyway, way, though. Like, in that way, like it's interesting because the Holy Spirit in that way takes this very physical um, form, and it's kind of the way that we interact with God and we interact with each other. Because mm-hmm. we only have communion when we're gathered in a space together. When we're mm-hmm. gathered in church and literally communion is in union with others Mm -hmm. so i think it's interesting and in that way that we experience god yeah wherever two or more are gathered in my name so shall i be there yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. all right and then so the the father how do we experience that (laughs) or the parent i guess yeah the parent the parent yeah i feel like the parent the father, the mother, whatever is that like the creator? Mm. Like I've been created by something. Yeah. Like, there's, there's a reason I'm here. If, if that and someone's looking after me. Mm. Yeah. So God is also, you know, it's what you need at times. Not necessarily what you pray for, what you ask for. Mm-hmm. But when things happen, like sometimes, even though you don't like it, you come out of it thinking, well. I, I need. I kind of needed this. I I, yeah. I needed that wake up call. I needed that like. Just, I needed to go through that so that I could keep moving forward, and and like pridefully moving forward. It's like the little nudge you need to get back on track. And like yeah. you said, like not much um, as father now, but more like a parent. Like they're always kind of um, there to well expected to just yeah. guide you and like kind of be like 
if you need someone to talk to, you can always always turn and and speak your mind and like won't be judged, which is also really um just always um, good. And um, I know that some people definitely I think I'm kind of guilty of this too, but like turning when in need, on, but mm. only when in need. But I know definitely for sure it's very helpful to turn to this parent um, like at any time. Even if you're like happy, you could be like, hey, had a really good day today, you know, and just have a conversation. Because it's always very good to just help clear your mind and get everything out that you did in that day, even if you're not talking to um, a physical being. You made a good point there too, though. Like the, the people that turn to God only when they feel like they really need God to be present the, the parental part of that is God's still going to listen. It's, it's not going to be like, well, you haven't done your prayers. Uh, yeah. Screw you. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's no judgment. Like, that's, that's the parental part of it too. Like parents, uh, and I know it's not like, it's not a perfect world. So this isn't a description of everyone, every single person's parent, but parents as like a concept, I guess are supposed to be these people that are always going to be there when you need them the most. And, and they shouldn't turn their back on you. They shouldn't, you know, judge you. They're there to help you begin to become yourself. Yeah. I had a funny thought. Because you were saying, like, God wouldn't listen. Would he holy ghosted me? It's gonna holy ghost. That's, yeah. gonna, that's gonna make me get up. That's gonna make me get up, Joel. No, yeah, but um, additionally, I was gonna add to that. Like, I know there's like for when I said like I kind of sometimes I'm guilty of that too. Just going to when in need. Um, there's people that just also associate. Um, if we talk kind of like the, like what people might be thinking, like if you only go to him when when things are going kind of bad, you're going to have this possibly a negative like image or correlation of of God or, or this parent, uh, guardian, guardian too, could work, right? Um, so it, it might even drive you farther and farther away from this guardian just because you're always like, oh, wow, I'm not having too much fun when it comes to talking to him. So this is also why I always, like, I... I I'd probably have to take that advice myself, but like I, I'd, I'd encourage to like to speak to this parent or guardian literally whenever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's the the aspect of like creator, um, protector, protector, creator, nurturer. Um, even like there's even references to God as a woman and um, the aspect of the Father in the Trinity quote-unquote, um, as a parent, but also as, like, the mother, like, the, the person or being or aspect of God that relates to uh, how we materialize uh, not only physically into the world and into the universe, but also how we materialize spiritually, mm-hmm. how our souls are nurtured. Yeah. And then there's not only the creator, protector, and like that. This is also the discipline. Mm-hmm. If, if you mess up, you're gonna know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Something's gonna happen, and it don't yeah. it don't make sense a lot of the time because mm-hmm. you're like, what in the pray tell, you know, <laughs> is going on? But things you can't explain, but they happen for a reason, you know. Yeah, and like you might never know the reason, but it'll happen. That's the divinity, and then it. it leaves you thinking. It, it leaves you like, thinking, like, like yeah, 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 yeah. 
All right, and then um, kind of like the last aspect of the Trinity is what? Wait, sorry, is the sun. And that one is very much so Jesus yeah. was walking this earth. He came yeah. down as the son of the Father mm-hmm. and was sacrificed. <laughs> it's very much more tangible. Yeah. But like modern more. time, we have like Jesus camps. I guess that's pretty Yeah, true. Ch- ch- it seems kind of harsh, Jesus camps. But yeah, or like, <laughs> I mean, or that's, like, that's uh, a whole other topic right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole different uh, thing. But, um,. Yeah, I guess Jesus camps and stuff, uh, youth groups as well, right? Carrying out of what Jesus would have carried out would have been like, all right, let's form like, well, I just community or community or just uh, being like the most basic like things, courteous to be others, like be friends or like be nice or whatever. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Cause like how we experience Jesus in the modern day, in the modern era, like you look at the political time of Jesus, and he was like, like a raging radical. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he was essentially the socialist, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk about it. Cause he, he like stuck it up to the man. He worked with the poor, liberated them. Um, and like you could, there's so much about the po- politics of Jesus as just a person, as a historical figure. Um, but then also what that means on a theological level, uh, because, you know, like Jesus said, like, you know, it was like the Beatitudes, it was like, blessed are the weak and like all that, all those stuff. Like he, he engaged with the outcast, those on the margin, um, those experiencing, um, like, you know, the, the, everything that like the church and like higher ups and people in suits would just be like, ew, no, you're gross. You're, you're sinful. Would turn away. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, you know, like, people like lepers, prostitutes, you know, people with disabilities. Um, and I think that, you know, experiencing Jesus in that way and, and is, like, embracing Jesus' yeah. image uh, and kind of living through that and being a little bit of a radical. You don't have to yeah. be a radical. No, I mean, the perfect yeah. example of that is it's literally in the Bible. Yeah. Jesus was brought a woman charged with adultery. Mm-hmm. They wanted a stoner because that's what they did back then. And he said, well, whoever hasn't committed a sin, you can throw the first stone. And I'm going to stand here until you do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's that kind of thing, you know. If someone messed up, Jesus was there, thankfully, to say, well, everyone else here is messed up, so are you really going to do this? Yeah. Everyone's got a little bit of, like, just negative in in their life or Mm -hmm. not not necessarily like it could be a big negative but like they've all kind of got something going yeah and the fact that jesus as the son of god literally outwardly came and protected that person and said well it's okay you know you're Mm -hmm. still deserving of my protection you're still deserving of this you're you're still human right Mm mm-hmm and it's the same thing now with like the, the LGBT community and all these communities that are being marginalized and oppressed and like discriminated against. Well, why is it our place to say any of that? Yeah. And I think part of it is like, um, it's just like the, the, the like humbling of people <clears throat> and the, this kind of like, um, I mean, I've, I've like, 
listen to it and like you know you like i don't know what it is per se but like you know like this is gonna sound kind of like out there but like people who take psychedelics <laughs> hear me out hear me out hear me out but people who take psychedelics they have this thing like that's called ego death right mm-hmm. and it's like they go through the process and this even goes into with a lot of like indigenous uh like religions and stuff you walk mm-hmm. through the process you have like all these substances and pretty much you realize your place in the universe and you realize that you know you find what you're connected to mm-hmm. and you find that like you're human and you're humble and that's exactly that your ego dies the the reality that you thought you were living in was actually a dream and now you can live in the real world mm-hmm. as an actualized person and i think part of that what jesus teaches us is humble yourself sit down sit down with the people beside you sit down with everyone in front of you and reason to reason with them get on their level and i don't even think like you can talk about the the political aspect of jesus and what that represents mm-hmm. um, and you can even branch that out into liberation theology but even if you exclude all of those different things you look at it and at the end of the day jesus was human mm-hmm. both uniquely human and god and you look at that he is human and that binds you and that humbles you because you see that in that sense like god and jesus teach you that you know there's a certain level of divinity within yourself you are not jesus mm-hmm. no one is jesus but you can see that there's a level of that that essence of god in you and you can connect with that because yeah. that's present in every single person i mean even jesus though yeah. Like at, at that, when it came down to it, and he knew, oh, I'm getting crucified. Yeah. It's, and we know, we know the burning bush, like, please, God, take this burden away from me. Like, why? Why does it have to be me? Yeah. At, but at the end of the day, because he knew, it was like, well, if it has to be me, I'm going to take this on. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, we could go on for about this forever. But, yeah that that really that was that was what today was about yeah um and it's important because like conversations like these um that's that's what it's all about yeah. it's just understanding and, and knowing that you know you as like a listener you as a person uh that like you're, it's confusing stuff to deal with um so hopefully this yeah. conversation helped enlighten that a little bit um, and at the very least, hopefully you got a sense of, you know, if you're, if you're going through it, if you're questioning stuff, at least you got a little bit of a conversation to yeah. uh, guide you along your journey. So, yeah. This is, once again, Closed on Sundays, a podcast brought to you by United Catholic Youth Ministries. And we'll see you next time. Thank, Thank you, you for, for tuning, tuning into, into this, this episode. episode. You can find us on Instagram, link below. And listen to us on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.